Welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. And as usual, Jonathan is here. We also have a, a new triumphant return. Yes. Yet again. Charlotte here. Charlotte. <laughs> back. Yes, I'm back. So we've seated down on this uh, Monday night with uh, a beer each and ready to talk Maiden again. Yep. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, good setup. So this is also one of those um, slightly newer songs. And that's why it dawned on us you, you'd be the right guest for this uh, particular song. Um, uh, infamously, our other sort of a uh, uh, regular uh, is not a big fan of the newer stuff. Yeah. So yes, and I was brought into the world of Iron Maiden with the new stuff. You could say, yeah, yeah. In in a sense, this song is uh, from a similar cloth as compared to Clansman. Uh, yeah, they have this uh, Celtic yeah. sound. Uh, you find it yep. in No More Lies as well on Dance of Death. Exactly. A song a song I really like, actually. I started out not liking it, but yeah, we'll get to that one. <laughs> but I think it's one of the absolute yeah. best 2000 Maiden songs, uh, No More Lies. And then Clansman, obviously a huge one. Blood Brothers is another one in this league. And then mm. we have Dance of Death. So, you know, all these songs have a kind of kinship, I think, in that in that Celtic sound. Yeah. Well, that's that's also why they probably um, don't play... If, if they play one of them, they don't usually play the other in the same set. Wise, I think. Wise yeah, choice. They sound, they sound very, they sound very similar. Yeah. So, um, yeah. First thing I thought uh, when I heard Dance of Death, the intro was okay, Blood Brothers, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, a, yeah. Brave New World had been such a huge album, and then Dance of Death was probably my hardest, uh, kind of hardest album to receive, mm. because I had r- really gotten into the band, and here comes the new album. We talked about this before me and Eric a few times, but. Oh shit! There's new Maiden, and it's supposed to be Maiden. I'm gonna have to accept it. And Dance of Death, especially at that age, uh, must have been uh, early teens, you know, mid-teens or like uh, high school age. So normally at that age, you are a little bit difficult, I would say. Yeah. In, I mean, at least I'm speaking for myself here. A little yeah. bit difficult with music taste, and you know, particular about what you wanna uh, proclaim yourself a fan of. And that was definitely the case with uh, Dance of Death for me. So what about you guys? Yeah. 2003. Well, I would have been 20 at that point. I would have been 13. Yeah. So you were just uh, getting into the band. I, I was time, at right? that time. And, and yeah. Dance of Death was probably the first album that I bought. Uh, so it, it was kind of my entry ticket to the band. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so for me, like I started to listen to the older stuff after that. So kind of, I think that album like set the tone uh, for yeah. me getting into the music. Fond memories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, I think, yeah. Eric, what about you? 2003, it came out with this cover. This cover art is uh, already a bit of a problem. You know? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, but um, so uh, I started, you know, it was sort of the same thing as it was for you, kind of, I'd imagine, because uh, even the Brave New World was technically the first new release I experienced as a, fa- as a fan. Uh, 
I wasn't really uh, as big, uh, you know, that that's a turned me into a fan. Then there was the gig at Stockholm sta- sta- Stadium. That sort of made me a huge fan. In between that and this album, I got all the old albums. Same. Yeah. So when this was coming out, it was a huge deal for me. Because, uh, you know, this I went from, uh, you know, being a you know a casual fan to, you know, a, a super, you know, super fan. And then I, I remember I was uh, so excited because there was, I'm not going to name him, what well, doesn't matter. There was a record store called Frissels in, in Old Town in Stockholm. And sometimes the guy owned it uh, would be nice to me and let me buy the records a day early from when they came out because he'd get he'd get them like a day or two early. Yeah. Sometimes even sometimes if it, if, it, if it was coming out like he could get a week early sometimes. Wow. So so I was able to get it like I remember it was just like um it was it was a day early I think if I recall uh, or maybe it was two days. So I zoomed over to a friend of mine and we you know sat down listened to the whole thing from start to finish. And uh, yeah, I mean at at that point. At that first listen, I, I liked it. I was like, oh, this is even better than the last one because oh, it's new. Okay. But yeah. that's the same thing I felt with anything new because you get excited, but there's something new. Yeah, yeah. So I have the opposite of what you do, Yeah, I guess. But I had that. I know the feeling. Like, uh, for example, Opeth, Ghost Reveries came out and I was I had that hype too. It's like, shit, this is their best album. And then obviously it changed a bit, went up and down. And I would say that uh, this happens sometimes, but with Maiden, it's always been a bit sensitive. You know, every album that has, uh, I mean, from Dance of Death up until Book of Souls, every album has been a letdown for me at first. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's also because it's an important band, you know, that you're, you're not going to just accept it. You, you want to really adopt it into your, your maiden world. And yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's almost 20 years old, Dance of Death. Yeah. So <laughs> I've had my it time, is. you know, I've had my time. We've been on it only once, I think, with Age of Innocence. Yeah, and not, that's not the best... Um not no. the best one on there, put it that way. <laughs> More exciting to do this one, I would say. And it's a title track as well. They're always I always feel like when we do title tracks, we did uh, Brave New World and Book of Souls in the same episode. And yeah. it, it has a certain vibe to it when it's a title track uh, yeah. for some reason. you know. It, as Steve says in one of the interview clips I have with me, uh, the, kind of, the whole thing comes together in the title track quite often. The stage design, the cover art. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole vi- vibe yeah. of the album and uh, it's fun to do them and uh, this is no exception so this song is just a very special kind of feeling and vibe to it i kind of wish they went more with that for the album work artwork as well yeah because i i know the album artwork's sort of supposed to sort of be of you know sort of represent the song kind of in some way but i, I kind of pictured more like you know something in the you know like in in the in the in the, in the woods somewhere that kind of situation M- oh, yeah. more so than you know computer animated people you know, on, on a weird, weird looking floor. Yeah, I yeah. don't really think it matches like the tone of the song at all. No, I, no. I think it, it looks also it looks a little bit like it looks a little bit cheap, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they were trying to do something cool, I guess, um, for 2003. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they had some horrendous looking videos as well <laughs> uh, in similar fashion, you know, like the Wildest Dreams video is is not that cool, you know. It has that early C- CGI kind of yeah. feeling or uh, computer generated graphics. But uh, also, I I watched a bit of the Dance of Death documentary in preparation, and Steve addresses mm-hmm. this album artwork, and it's an interesting one because the artist didn't even want his name on it as as it was really? done wow. because I he thought it was so ugly, and and he said to Steve that yeah, I want to make it look nicer. And Steve's version was, I don't want it to look nice. It should look disturbing. And <laughs> so we, we asked him, we told him to go back to the original idea, you know, typical Iron Maiden Steve attitude, like, yeah, the original was the best. That was disturbing. But 
it's it's disturbing, but not in the right way. <laughs> exactly. It's just, but it's, just, it's disturbing because it's not done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. But you know, Steve has his ways. You know, even that album was yeah. also mastered off of a, a CDR, uh, like similar to A Matter of Life and Death, which was not even mastered. No, but, no. but this one they started with Steve's C, uh, CDR because he gets these burnt CDs from Kevin Shirley. He brings them to his car and listens. And then uh, I think there was another final version. And Steve was like, this is not what I've heard. This is not what I've been listening to as we've been mixing this. So we're going to return yeah. to the CDR. And similar fashion to the artwork, right? This typical Steve. He just sets yeah. his mind on something. Mm. Like he's set and you can't, can't change it. Stubborn. Stubborn. I'd say, I'd say unfortunately, just as also continue, uh, this is sort of the start of the trend of not particularly great artwork but also somewhere in the in the album or even in the materials or even tour, tour like 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 they'd, later they'd come out a, a piece of tour artwork or maybe just something in the actual album cover that's better than what they went with as the uh, actual because I know Dance of Death has it definitely uh, Matter of Light and Death totally has it uh, Final Frontier there's, there's they did so much like for the El Dorado single there's this cool kind of comic book looking yeah that, that was great. That was great. They, what yeah. they went with was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Book sadly. of Souls is is the best of them, I'd say, just cover wise. But that's still not great. But there's stuff inside the album that looks a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Book of Souls is clean though and looks super pro. That you can say it looks finished. You know, nice texture to Eddie's Eddie's face there. But Dance of Death, you know, I think there are versions of it cleaned up with just that kind of carnivalesque looking floor and Eddie as Grim Reaper on it, which is not yeah. an awesome cover, but it's way better. You know, just clean and. And nice, that could have worked, you know. I could have had that on a t-shirt even. But yeah, a t-shirt with Dance of Death, the actual album cover. Ooh, yeah. man, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Musically, though, this song, uh, Yannick Gers uh, spawned the idea. And it was inspired by a Swedish movie, actually. Uh, the ending scene of Kunde in Seglet. Seventh Seal by Ingmar Bergman. And yeah. I, I, um, I took out a little clip here from that actual scene. So we can set the mood. It's in Swedish, but hey. Mia! Jag ser dem, Mia! Jag ser dem! Där borta av den mörka oväras himlen. De är där allihop. Smeden och Lisa. Och riddaren Ravel. Och Jöns och Skat. Och den stränga herren dörren. Bjuder dem till dans. Han vill att de ska hålla varandra i händerna. Och så ska de tråda dansen i en långa rad. Och först går den stränga herren med, med lio och timglas. Men skad, han, han slinker på sladden med sitt stränga spel. De träder bortåt. Bort från gryningen. I en högtidlands. Bort mot de mörka landen. Medan regnet sköljer över deras ansikte. Tvättar deras kinder från tårarna salt. Nu med dina drömmar och syner. So that's the very end of, of the film, actually. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an arty, it's an arty film, so yeah. Yeah. I just, wanna, I, I just wanna quickly show you guys something, and maybe I can use this as cover artwork for the, uh, for the, uh, for the uh, episode, but someone did a new version of the album cover. Okay. Um, and they already just kind of, they decided to fix it, I guess. And uh, let's see, I think this is it. That looks pretty cool. That looks way cooler than the original one. Yeah. Uh, it has a kind of uh, Christopher Volin uh, Necrolord vibe to it, you know. He did um, Storm of the Lights Bane and Somberlane with the uh, dissection. Yeah. It has a bit of that vibe to it. It's quite cool, uh, busy but cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, it could, it could have been. I mean, obviously, so, someone you know threw that together. Yeah. Uh, you know, at home. So I think that there's so much they could have done with this that they didn't do. So, so that's true. Yeah. And for your non-Swedish speakers, that little scene. What happens is that uh, this character with his family, with his kid and, and his wife. And he sees the main cast of the of the of the film. Like there's uh, this knight and this uh, uh, blacksmith and um, their their wives uh, coming. They're walking in a line with death in front, and they're all holding hands. They're all told to hold hands and dance. And previously in this movie, it's a famous scene where uh, the knight plays chess with death. It's, it's a very famous scene, and he says like, "Next time I'll see you. That's the end of you, basically." Yeah. So uh, this is what happens, you know, he comes back and, and all these main characters have died some way, you know. So it's quite artistic scene, but Yannick uh, was inspired by them walking like hand in hand over the hill and, and wrote the, the main, uh, the main stick, the main melody of the song with that in mind. And then sent it to Steve, uh, but Steve wrote lyrics that have really have nothing to do with uh, Seven Seal, was just inspired by the sound and the vibe of it. So uh, this this is this quite nice scene. I think it reminds me of uh, Number of the Beast and Fear of the Dark in a sense, with this uh, guy walking. You know, he's he's positively drunk and uh, walking alongside some uh, I don't know uh, cemetery or woods or something. And he ever, ever uh, he said I think I said Everglades, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. What so is that's that? sort of like that's kind of like a I mean it's sort of essentially it's it's um, the Everglades is kind of a sort of swamp area in Florida. Oh yeah, uh-huh. with alligators. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if he, that means that specific. There's maybe these other Everglades, but that's what that means. That's that's what that is. So I think a swamp kind of. Uh, I mean, a way to read the lyrics is that this guy is just drunk, and he maybe he passes out, and he he has this this vision of this dream of of the song, mm. uh, of the story of the song. He's dancing with demons in hell, and you know, it's a bit of a drinking song. I think, like the well, way the way I see it, yeah. with this uh, Irish touch to it, you know. Yeah. I mean, the other interpretation is that either he passed out and just imagined it, or he actually, or it actually did happen. Those are the two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've been thinking about it, like listening to the song now and reading the lyrics, and like trying to figure out, and also been reading what other people have said about it. Uh, also, like maybe it's it's might be about maybe a near death experience mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, I thought about that at least, like when he's um, uh, hovering above and seeing his body, like his spirit has left his oh, yeah. body, and yeah. then it it comes back, and that's when he starts to run away. Um, also, an interpretation, but it's it's interesting that you brought up uh, the seventh seal uh, because I knew that Janik wrote um, like the melody uh, to yeah. it, but I didn't know that he was inspired by the seventh seal. Uh, because now when, when I listen to the song uh, today, I actually thought about the Seven Seal. Really? It cool. just popped in, up into my head. I don't know 
Mm. Why? Just because of the of the like dance with death, and I started thinking about that scene. Uh, f- first of all, with, with when he's playing chess with death um, yeah. in the movie, but then also like uh, because it's set in the 1300s, and uh, you had obviously the Black Plague at that mm-hmm. time, so death was uh, surrounding people all the time. And then you also yeah. have um, the um, like. The how do you say it? Um, like the dance macabre art, um, mm, yeah. Uh, like that was uh, common uh, painted on, uh, in churches during that time yeah. uh, as well mm-hmm. as a common theme with the skeletons dancing. You can see them dragging like skeleton bodies down to the ground, like yeah, bringing people down to the death world. Uh, so yeah. I started thinking about that, like. Could this have been an inspiration? <laughs> it was. Apparently yeah, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a movie from 1957. Yeah. So typical Maiden era movies, you know. Yeah. The, we talked about Children of the Dam before. That was early 60s, 64, I think. Yeah. And uh, Where Eagles Dare, uh, based on uh, The Eagle's Nest. Similar era, you know. It's this black and white TV th- type thing that they maybe saw as, a, as kids, you know. Maybe they saw this stuff as kids and they have the, the memories always with them. Yeah. Maybe Yannick had, you know, it was on uh, or something. He saw this scene and it's it's set in his head. So it's a pretty cool way to be inspired. Uh, j- just because, so, so, no, so no one has to you know, write in and tell us different, uh, the movie Where Eagles Dare is based off, is it was based on, it's called, the, it's called Where Eagles Dare in English. Oh, okay. It's not The Eagle's Nest. That's a Swedish no. name. Or Nest. Yeah. I, I, I just want to save yeah. someone time for going, hey, you got it wrong. So yeah, speaking of the theme yeah. and, and all that, uh, let's listen to what Steve has to say uh, yeah. a little bit from the documentary here. It's about the live version as well. So that's why you hear Fear of the Dark now. Fans generally reacted to it incredibly well. You know, it, it was kind of a return to a theatrical kind of concept. In fact, the, the show was very, very dark. And uh, when you see the concert footage, you'll find that it's actually, it was really difficult to film. It was actually very dramatic and very dark, um, very difficult to suppose to film right as well, but very moody and it's very difficult to capture that on film, but um, that's what we wanted. And I think it worked really well. You know, I mean, Dance of Death itself and Passchendaele, stuff like that. I mean, just really, you know, I mean, give me goosebumps even watching it back. Dance of Death was the basic idea of Yannick's really and he came to me with it and he said look I really think that you'd be able to do something with this because he thought it was uh, up my strata as he said. It just really inspired me you know just the, the kind of uh, the feel of the, the stuff and I was able to put some guitar melody lines to it and the, the vocal melody lines and words. I don't know whether this evolved out of a, um, a dream that Steve had similar to Number of the Beast. Bruce thinks that everything I write comes from my dreams, I think, because uh, I, I, I suppose it does crop up every now and again. But uh, no, not in, this one, in, uh, Dance of Death, wasn't about a dream. It was just, a, I don't know, it was just a, um, getting carried away on my own imagination, really. I'm really pleased with the way it's turned out. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a really, really strong song. It's very atmospheric. Um, it's almost a bit kind of eerie, I think. People looked at Dance of Death, the actual song on the album, and sort of went, we're not sure about it, bit, bit sort of Jethro Tully, bit finger in the ear sort of stuff. And yet you do it live and it's just, you know, we're not asking the audience to clap, but they do it spontaneously. 
Bruce is very good at the technical side of this. And he and I chatted before the tour started and we came up with a couple of ideas. He came up with the idea he wanted all of the, the walkways lit in red because there's that line in the song about uh, I was walking on coals. This is the lightning designer talking. But the stator has yeah. got such clean lines to it, I didn't want to clutter it up with unnecessary lighting units. So to put the lights we were going to use on the set, under the set and up lighting. Means you don't get the clutter, the lamps are not seen, and it provides a slightly different effect which you don't see very often in, in maiden shows. When you see the, the performance that Bruce gives and the whole theatrical thing, you know, it really turns it into something special. It just brings out, it just draws out the whole idea of the story. Let me tell you a story to chill the bones out of thing that We've done two tours back to back and it was important to come out with something a little bit different. Bruce enjoys it, he loves hamming it up. Hammer horror. Oh, I'm going to have some time for a costume change, you know. <laughs> so. One night wandering in the Everglades. I was walking around a museum store that was going out of business and lying in a box were two Venetian type masks. I thought, wow, dance of death. They'd be great. So he wears the mask and then he puts this on top. They're custom designer as well then. Yeah. <laughs> she pops up now and then. Not aware of a presence so near to me, watching my every move. And then when it came time to go and get a new pair of trousers, I think the brief I gave her was look, sort of like Shakespearean sort of punk type vibe. We were discussing the masks and I said, could we try a cape? These are two costumes from the uh, Dance of Death. So he uses double costumes on the song because of the long so instrumental break it can change. change. And then he comes on as a sort of Grim Reaper type thing. This thing and he puts it over his head. Again, that's towards the end of the song, so he's got two. And he likes that, I think, a lot. The Reaper's shuffling around at the top of the ramp and suddenly pauses whilst he gets his foot untangled from the, the bottom of his cape. <laughs> I tried to make the pauses look dramatic. Ah, the Reaper has stopped. Well, actually, he's trying to get his foot from, from, the, from the bottom of his cape. I was looking at the song and I went, sounds to me like kind of mad dervish sort of dancing. Till I dance with the There's a lot of thought goes in, and, and Martin Brennan, who's an absolutely phenomenal light designer and uh, LD. Yeah, so you had some uh, clips from the actual song there as well in this. Yeah. In this, uh, but you know what you can hear here. The reason I I kind of ripped this part of the of the document uh, the documentary is that you can hear the whole concept kind of brewing, and you get the uh, textile design, clothing design, uh, yeah, yeah. very involved in this one. He has two sets of of you know of clothes. Uh, mm -hmm. Two outfits for this very song, 
So, I mean, as Nico says, he loves to do that. Uh, Organic said that too. Like, he loves to do that kind of stuff. And I think for for us as, as uh, concert goers, you know, it adds to it for sure. Definitely. I like that stuff. I really dig that stuff. Do you think, uh, would anyone have a problem with that? Would anyone think it's gimmicky or you know, over the top or something. What do you think? I don't think, I don't think so. Not, not, in, not, I mean, you gotta, it's the same thing as where, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, the whole thing. So you got to kind of just sort of have a, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of not worry about it because like you have a, like for instance, this last tour, they had a, you know, a big fucking inflatable, you know, airplane flying over the crowd and that could be ridiculous, but it's not in that context. Yeah, it's yeah. just very cool. Like you know, uh, so. one of my favorite quotes from uh, Fenris in Dark Throne, uh, the drummer, the Norwegian drummer, he said that heavy metal, it's ridiculous. And we know that going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an important, yeah. it's an important attitude, I think. Yeah, like exactly. This kind of music. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, yeah, some like for some of their songs, I, I think that the gimmick, like doing these kind of gimmicks and costume change, it, it fits like. You have these songs like The Trooper, for example, when he always comes out with a flag. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's yeah. just uh, some of the songs, um, it's not it's not a problem. I, I think, like, on the contrary, it adds something uh, to the live environment of it. And that's what makes Iron Maiden, like, fun to see. Also live. Yeah. Uh, not only yeah. are they great, uh, but also, like, yeah, it's very... They're very. It comes alive, like, and they yeah. don't do it on every song. That would have been like a little bit annoying, <laughs> maybe, like yeah, taking yeah. over everything. But on some songs, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> but uh, then again, Legacy of the Beast, they almost did it on every song, but it was well done. So that was. Well, there's pure, costume, pure there's costume changes almost every. Yeah, and entertainment on so many levels. I would yeah. say, like, uh, in, in accordance to what you just said, Carlotta, there. At, at, you get entertainment by the good music, by the good performance, by the nice lighting design, costume changes, stage set. You know, yeah. it's a big picture. And that's what I've been yeah. thinking about researching this very episode. I've been thinking about how much work they put in. Yeah, concept. And then, and then again, of course, of course, not only the band, you know, you have the lighting design, you have the costume design, you have uh, the, the roadies even, you know, and, the, and all that. It's, it's really yeah. a big team yeah. that to, to make this experience as, I guess, visceral as possible, you know. To really bring you there and i think uh, we could get into the music of the song a bit uh, I've, I've been a fan since i've heard live versions of it i think it comes alive live no pun intended mm. there mm. like it's, it's just a song that works live it's a drinking song for me an irish type that you have that jiggle part you know that i, th- I thought was ridiculous the first time i heard it but it fits it somehow fits you know and i don't know what do you think eric musically this song musically it's very very cool like i said before uh or maybe i said that before we started recording uh, it's a it's a fun pl- song to play on guitar that's one of the first ones that i ended up learning i don't know the whole thing i knew a lot of it at some point but um yeah and there's bits that I think that people, because I know that when I did play this right away when it came out, I was when I hung out with people who weren't really fans of heavy metal in, in general. When that bit came in, or even the bit at the end where he's singing, where that that bit comes in again, he's just he's when you're the vocal, you're bad, <laughs> which which also I can even admit that's not the best part of it. But you know they they kind of laugh at that. Yeah, it's um, it's an Irish jiggle type thing, and it's it's a bit a, a odd, jig, yeah, yeah. but also it's a cool construct of the song. I realize now uh, in preparation for this that it's not it's a symphonic structure. It doesn't have a chorus, not really. Yeah. You know, you have the start with the mubadu dadu, dadu dadu, the layering, 
that kind of yeah. is a verse, you could say. Then it breaks into that more strummy part uh, with a different tempo altogether. That kind of thing. And yeah. then breaks again into the... And then you have that, my favorite part of the song. Uh, maybe you want to add something first, Eric. I just want to say, is there any... I don't think there's any bit of the lyrics that repeats itself in the song, is there? Mm, I don't think so either. No. It's a symphonic, purely symphonic structure, you know. Like that's, a, that's like a very that's a very kind of Steve Harris thing to, to do. Yeah, like 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 Ryan mentioned Mariner and stuff like that. There's exactly. Yeah. After that jiggly part, is my favorite part of the song, and it's the. That's uh, yeah. I think very strong. That's anthemic, you know. Yeah. 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 That's, that's where the song for me really kind of uh, proves itself as a title track. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I could get into that now. First time I heard it, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I didn't like it. I, I almost hated it, but I'm not a hating guy, so I didn't. But uh, uh, but as you hear the live versions, it's really good on En Vivo. It's also good on Death on the Road. And when you get the concept, I mean, when I got the concept, I'm speaking for myself here, but when I got the concept and I got the whole, the holistic picture of it, all of a sudden, yeah. all those parts made sense to me. All those, you know, the silly jiggles and and, and whatnot, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I think you're, you need to sink in to this song to dig it. But again, that's just me, maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that it's, 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 uh, it does take a little bit to get into that because it's, it's a different kind of, um, uh, so, but they do, they have a lot of those kind of ones. Like for instance, someone who just like, you know, the kind of fan who just wants to jump around to, you know, run to the hills, you know, with a beer in his hand might not necessarily, if that's all they're kind of interested in, they're not going to like a lot of the stuff because a lot of it's not that. Um, but most, I think most of the fans are kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of them I've talked to are very much, um, yeah, like both those are aspects and that's how, but it's, um, I, I, I think that the only thing, the reason I don't like the live versions as much is because it seems that that bit at the end with the, with the um, where the where the vocals is going the same it follows the guitar line. Yeah. He kind of sounds kind of strained in that bit, and it's I understand why it's it's probably near near impossible to sing. It's a typical problem in, in let's call it neo maiden or mil, new millennia yeah. maiden. It's a typical problem that Steve just attacks Bruce with this impossible to sing kind of stuff. You know, we, we, in yeah. Red and the Black, you have tons of lyrics, and he has to follow a guitar melody, you know, yeah. and follow it as he says slavishly. You know, yeah. so he, he he wants to be more of a singer, you know, more free and you have a bit of free time, you soar above the music. But the way yeah. Steve writes, it's not that, you know, it's it's very lying in your bed and you're lying in your And Bruce has to do that. But since he rejoined the band, I think his attitude changed a lot. I think he's ready to do that. He understands that without Steve, he's stuck on small club stages. You mm. know, he is great. Bruce is awesome, but... He's not as awesome without Steve. Mm. So I think he, him and the rest of the band, Adrian for sure, has accepted this eccentric bass player that leads this band, mm. you know, and accepted the way he writes. And you can hear that in this song for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the music, Carlotta? I think uh, for me, like I've always liked the epic and the like the more conceptual songs um, that Maiden has done. Uh, and for me, I I actually like the music, even the weird <laughs> Irish jig part. Yeah. I think it kind of fits in some weird way because it is like it is more of a like a storytelling uh, song, That's I it. guess. That's it. Uh, as you said, they never repeat yeah. any lyrics. It's a story told from beginning to end. 
yeah. and the music, like the lyrics follows the music, and the music follows the lyrics. It's it's kind of a, more of a whole, uh, I guess, yeah. like you said, yeah. holistic uh, yeah. kind of view on it. Uh, and I I think it works very well. My favorite part is also the last part, like the ending part. You can see it's almost like three parts, also like yeah. classic classical like storytelling structure uh, right, beginning right, middle yeah. end and mm-hmm. the jig yeah. <laughs> the irish <laughs> jig comes like in the middle when he's i've always when when i heard the song i always see like that's when he's uh, that when they're dancing uh, when he, he's dancing with the dead right. when he's dancing with that and then he runs away and that's the the like last part of it with the epic guitar solos and so yeah. uh, triple guitar solos in this one yeah yeah Everyone gets one. Adrian, then Dave, then Yannick. Yep. So Yannick comes in last in, in his song, which yeah. is, is a cool move. And all three good solos as well. Um, we'll listen to a bit of that later. I have a clip from a, a Gothenburgian cover band that did a good version of that. But, uh, mm. you know, when you speak of this song and when you speak of the jig, you have to address Spinal Tap as well. <laughs> you just have to. Uh, so I, I did a little clip from, from their uh, hit Stonehenge, you know. Listen to this. It's not yep. that far off from uh, from Dance of Death, really. And oh, how they danced, the little children of Stone Age, beneath the haunted moon, for fear. Not too far off. No. <laughs> no, no. This could be this song, yeah. When you're laying in your bed, when you're dying, yeah. when you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's a more happy version. <laughs> yeah. Laying in your bed, when you're dying, when you're dying. You've got a lot of spine on tap. last two minutes of Stonehenge, yeah. which, you know, many people think of this when they hear uh, the, the jig part. And, uh, but I think also like uh, Ronnie James Dio, for example, loves Spinal Tap. He says, it reminds me of every band I've ever been in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of mockery yeah. that is so quality that it's all, uh, also a tribute. Exactly. Kind of yeah. a tribute. It's a tribute to heavy metal, for me at least, you know. Yeah. When I see it, I don't feel offended. 
I feel like, yeah, these guys get it. Yeah. In a way, yeah, yeah. You know, of course they have a com- comedic touch on it, you know. But uh, yeah, I always think about that part when, when I hear the jig. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the more hyped up Irish Irish version almost of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's uh, it's cool actually that they do this because they can hear themselves that it sounds maybe borderline silly. But it fits the concept and yeah, just like you just said, for me it took maybe 10 years for me to realize that this song should be listened to in a, in that kind of way. The storytelling yeah. way and, and, and the full picture kind of way rather than awesome riff. It's not Hallowed Be Thy Name, let's say, mm. you know, a different story altogether. Yeah. Mu- musically, that is. You know. But uh, like, like a lot of times, um, like for instance, uh, it's sometimes the, the songs that take a little while are the more rewarding ones when you do get into them because, like for instance, the first time I heard Rhyme Asian Marino, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get that either because that was, you know, yeah, I was, you know, I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't that old. But and I was used to the like, you know, I had the I had Wicker Man and that kind of stuff, and then you get like this, you know, fourteen minute long, you know, weird story, and the same thing is like with this kind of thing, I wouldn't necessarily have gotten that right away either. Um, yeah. And then, you know, because on the same album, you have another sort of huge epic at Passchendaele, but that, that I think that's slightly more, that was easier to get into for me. Um, that one sticks out to being the only Adrian epic in the whole yeah, discography, yeah. really. He, he yeah. doesn't really do epics, but that one he did. And in a while, we'll get to that too. It's a popular be, one. Yeah. It's a popular one. I have guests that want to do that already. You know, I want to be on Passchendaele, you know, so that'll be interesting. That'll be, good. That'll be fun for them in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> We're no, coming, no, we're striding along. We got like twenty two percent of the of the maiden discography covered already. So that's I mean, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we need to bide our time with some special episodes too. You know, I think yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be fine. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, now so, the uh, the uh, the eternal question, or not the eternal question, the question I've asked uh, probably about twenty times at this point about different songs. Would this go on the list for you? For me, I'd say yes. Uh, I, I'm going to say no for this one, but that's a close All call. Right. All right. And what would you say? I'm going to say yes. All right. Well, then I'll put it then on. It's on. <laughs> then it's on. Then it's on. And up for debate later, I guess. Yeah. 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 I also wanted to give the, the solos a little, a little swing here, but to switch things up, I'll play the Killer Slave version, the Gothenburgian cover band. I think they did a, a good job with it. Oh, I didn't know they, yeah, I've never heard of them, but that's two brothers and four other dudes then. Extra 
Yeah, so that's taken from a concert they did, like a, a live stream concert. That's why the, the mm. mix is a bit uh, rehearsal space sounding, but uh, they did like a full hour of, of a pretty interesting Maiden set. And, and this one was in there, like representing the, the newer stuff. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's well done. Uh, they, maybe they should come on the show at some time. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could, you could, you could also, we can just, we should, we should, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll write them and ask them. Yeah, they do good covers, and I think they've been involved in Beast Worldwide as well. Like our our guest, um, reoccurring guest Erik Arke, uh, the Beast oh, Worldwide yeah, uh, is this project where they do distance covers of, of Maiden. No, because he released, they did a the Clansman. They released that a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, with yeah, the the drummer cool. from my old Maiden cover band, you know, oh, which I go. didn't, I didn't know. That he was involved, so, uh, two Swedes, which I know both, which was fun. It was, it was really, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Beast worldwide. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, followers of Maiden A to Z as well. You know, I've seen them comment at least on on a couple of photos on Instagram. So that's, that's that is nice. Yeah. So yeah, Dance of Death is on the list. How is the list looking now, Eric? Is it full, filling up? We have uh, this was number. Let's see here. I was just looking at that, and I think we're at. I mean, we're not. We're not. We're, we're, it's not full. I'll put it that way. But we're not. You know, it's not okay. So we got um, fourteen songs so far. Fourteen songs. Okay. So yeah. at this rate, considering we've done about twenty-two percent or so, we'll end up at sixty songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still fair. You know, we haven't really bloated it that much, but for sure, there's going to be some, 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 uh, some work at the end there. But but also yeah because we haven't even gotten to like I mean there's one album for me every song except one song is going to be on there and that's yeah. going to make it, that's going to make it difficult yeah and I think everyone can guess which album that is and probably guess which song is not going to be on there but uh, probably <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah oh that's a good one uh, coming up soon actually we're on the D's now it's riding along in that sense you know uh, quite a few letters left they've got released songs on every letter except X Y Z. So, so far. far, so far, so we far. don't know if yeah. there's we don't know if there's a you know X song or Z song on on the new one that mm. or there might be two new albums coming out. Who knows at yeah. this point? You know, it's it's hard to know. I, well, I, th- I think I think we'll get two more. Yeah, of course they have a lot of time now. You know, what what, what are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. How are they going to stay yeah. in, in musical shape? You know, they they have to because yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, since we recorded last, they've also officially announced. You know, no one's surprised, but the the, the tour is being postponed until uh, next. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, but that couldn't have been the big announcement because Smith. No, no, so there, there are people, there are people who are annoyed about that and thought this was the big announcement. That's obviously not it. No, no, couldn't be. I couldn't mean, be, you know. everyone could see that coming, or I guess most people could. Yeah, so just, yeah. So just just announcing someone's something everyone's already known for six months is not a big announcement. <laughs> no, no, no. If it is a new album, I imagine we'd get some news about that. You know, in. Um, Summer at some point maybe, and then you know maybe for the release for the fall. That's why they do things with the uh, you know Book of Souls. Yeah. So you know uh, because maybe they want to wait to see what how this is going to play out and just how much. Probably a new album twenty two. You know, probably probably not this year, but who knows? Well, well who knows? That you know, who knows? they're probably ready anyway. You know, they're sitting. I think I think they are. I think yeah. they are because even if even if they even if they hadn't recorded one already, which I think they have. Then they have had plenty of time during this to do this. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, the uh, only issue is every everyone kind of lives in different places, but that's you know that's not. My guess is that they made one, it's finished, yep. it's done, and they started on another one. That's that's, my, that's, prob- that's probably that's probably what's gonna happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh. 
that'd be cool. That'd be great. You know, that'd be nice. And uh, yeah, if something gets released uh, for us here on Made in ATC, we're probably gonna backtrack through the alphabet as far as we've gone, only yeah. on new, only on new songs in the beginning. But it's gonna be a, a tough one for us because it's much harder to do this with songs that are fresh. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. this song, for example, that we did today, uh, took me many years to to get it into my musical system. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe we'll do them once and then again or something. Exactly. Like yeah. Who knows? We have we have we have all the time in the world to do this. So and we have quite a few uh, songs ahead of us as well. Just in the first go around. So yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the D's. Going to be some good fun, yeah. good fun here. Good songs coming up. We're gonna we're gonna in the next. Um, let's see. Is it? We're gonna get, finally get to peace of mind pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's one episode in between, um, and then we'll get to peace of mind. Yeah, unless we That's get cool. some, unless we get some ideas, you know. And uh, yeah, fun to do oh, this. Uh, we've been enjoying the Blaze uh, feedback from the Blaze interview as well. It's been yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. Hopefully, some brought some new listeners to the to the table yeah. as well. So yeah, that's cool. And uh, thank thank you again for thank you for doing this again. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having nice, uh, me again. Super yeah. fun great fun yeah. yeah we'll most likely find new songs that are appropriate for for, for your input <laughs> that's great along the way there's, yeah, there, yeah. there's there's yeah there's quite a few so we'll find we'll definitely find one yeah of course, we, we, you're, you're, you're welcome back whenever you want of course so yeah just just tell me <laughs> yeah all right we, we've gotten used to have guests uh, on but i think it's gonna come an episode or two uh, in the near time with just me and eric as well because then that becomes a novelty, you know, oh, yeah. in a weird way, you know, because we don't yeah. do it that often. Exclusive. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, thank you all for listening again. A good one. And uh, yeah, until next time. Up the irons. Up the irons. There you go. <laughs>